0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast, a.k.a. Two and a Half Gringos for the cool cats out there. Um, We got a special episode for you guys. Uh, Not going to run the usual Friday episode because your boys heading to Altoona uh, for the opening series and very, very excited. Going to be on field and talking to the players. You know, this is my first big time trip by myself. So looking forward to it. Um, But before we get into, you know, the discussions for today, let me introduce my co-hosts for the evening. As always, we have Anthony, Big Bear Murphy, and Nola Jeffy. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? Not much. Not much. Well, we got a big guest here, boys. We got a big guest. We've been wanting to get this guy on the pod for quite some time now. Um, Love his content. Love his videos. Um, and he does a hell of a job working, you know, with the Baltimore Orioles and even the low-level prospects in Florida. So without further ado, let me introduce Eric Birdland on well, you know him as Eric Birdland on Twitter. So what's going on, Eric? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing
1: great. Uh I love your show. I love uh that you talk about pirates prospects, and I have been wanting to join your discussion for a while. So before we get started. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that and for the nice introduction.
2: Yeah,
0: not not. Yeah, a, we probably also, a, probably also
2: need to probably also need to shout out the Florida Prospects pod because yes. for all Pirates fans, if you've seen uh any almost any video or clip this spring of players in backfields or anything,
0: it's likely it's it was
2: Florida Prospects Pod.
0: Eric's yeah. your hookup for that shit for sure. It's, it's, it's someone who
3: does like video stuff every day. He, he that that thing has absolutely saved me so many times and I, I love being able to see this stuff so yeah
1: it works for me i'm happy to share it my phone has a lot of cool stuff on it
0: yeah. I bet. yeah <laughs> <laughs> <I> bet. <laughs> well eric you know to kind of get the conversations uh started here we wanted to discuss you know some of the lower level guys some of the the cats that um You know, regular Pirates fans maybe not have heard of or have seen a lot of tape on because, you know, they're lower levels and uh, the Pirates aren't too keen on showing videos of these kids in the early stages of development. So um, during this spring, who did you see that popped out on both the pitching side and on the hitting side in terms of, wow, maybe this kid will kind of jump on prospect radar list soon?
1: Okay, that's a great question. The first one uh, I would say for position players is without a doubt, without any shadow of a doubt at all, that's Yordani uh, De Los Santos, the the tall infielder who focuses uh, mostly on on shortstop. I got to see him in scrimmage settings and mostly in in drill settings where he's been doing like grounder work, infield work, and uh, He's definitely someone that you can tell has been excellent at baseball since they were single-digit years old. And uh, physically, he's tall and is going to be taller. I'm going to say he's like six one or six two right now. Maybe maybe six one and a half, but he's not done growing. Uh, he can jump. He can move laterally uh, with great burst and great speed. And once he gets the ball in his glove, his transfer and throwing skills are are absolutely A-level. I'm not going to say A-plus, but he's 19. So uh, I expect to see him in the the, uh, the rookie league, the FCL, this year, and I'd be all over him. I'm going to be filming him, showing fans everything he does, uh, except for the uh, mistakes and the strikeouts, unless they're <laughs> to an Orioles pitcher. Uh, pitching side, I really had, like, I've seen – the the rookies, your draft class from last year. So I guess the names that would really stand out the most would be uh, Thomas Harrington, lefty; J.P. Massey, righty. I think Massey's stuff looks a little more mature. He has a better plan, and he does better things quicker with two strike counts. Like he's not wasting it, and his breaking stuff looks. You know, he's, he, he's going to be in Bradenton. His breaking stuff looks a little Altoona-ish to me so far. So that right that righties and lefties, and I have plenty of video to support it. But the one that really stimulated me the most, and I was just like, wow, I have got to get my camera out of my pocket, even if it's just only one throw, that was Shim. Jun Suk Shim, your first international Uh, pit for this year I pulled up to Pirate City I saw him throwing like as I drove to the driveway and I left my car on and jumped out and I got 35 seconds of him throwing to one of his translators who's not a baseball on staff person and the throws definitely looked like they were above 97 miles an hour yeah. So I tried I, I even met him that night. I even tried to talk to him about it, but you know, we don't we don't speak the exact same language just yet, but uh I have a pretty good idea of what his innings load is going to be this year, probably between 40 and 50, and how and when he's going to be used, probably a slight and extended and more in the rookie leagues. So Shim, Shim is the one that I really want to see the most.
0: Okay. Now, um kind of a <clears throat> sorry boys for interrupting you, but um Kind of a a turn on shim here um yeah. is, is shim going to be used in more of a piggyback starter role, or are you going to see him come more out of the bullpen uh, in later innings just because of the fastball velocity
1: okay, excellent question. I wish that I had an answer. I don't, but I can give you something to maybe formulate an answer. I think his plan is going to be kind of similar to Chandler's Solomito before they went to affiliates. Okay. One inning, one inning, two inning, two inning, two inning, four inning, wherever it is. For Bubba, it was mostly starts, and sometimes they piggybacked off each other. So as soon as I have a better idea what it's going to be, like with all the specifics, but I think it's going to be one, 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 two, 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 then four, then he's a starter. But by that point, the season might be. Just about over, and right. he'll be re- ready to work and like whatever his plan is for next year. So I yeah. just want to see him face hitters on a, on a different team in a different uniform. I think we'll get that.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Shim I is know, one of the exciting prospects that I've. Uh, yeah, he's definitely
2: a guy we've definitely a guy we've talked about uh, in the past couple uh, podcasts, just because you you see and hear some of the scouting reports, and it's just. It's very intriguing with just the size and what they say, like where his pitches and control and all that's at for his age. And considering, and I know we we're talking about that too, uh, Murph, when we we're talking about like his signing bonus, just being a South Korean kid, you know, it's not really a hotbed for baseball players. So it, it could be a real special pickup.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Murph Renola, um I'll let I'll let you take the floor here and uh, well, ask some of the questions here.
3: One one guy I kind of want to circle back on because I know Tim on Pirates Prospects did it and you had sent me a couple of videos of him too not too long ago was uh JP Massey. Um and you talk about his, his breaking pitch and like how it, it seems really advanced and stuff like that. So for someone that's like obviously you see a lot of these kids coming in and getting their starting pro ball, like his, his usage, like, one thing that stuck out to me, and you even mentioned it, was, like, his ability to throw it against lefties, and then, like, like the backdoor stuff. Like, how how rare is that for a lot of these kids coming out? Even some of the kids there, like, that came out of college to be able to do that kind of stuff. How is that something that, like, okay, well, like, yeah, I see that a lot, or is that actually something that's, like, that I isn't promise. as seen as much?
1: Yeah. that That is an excellent question. Uh, I'm gonna say it's not never but it's extremely rare and it says more about massey and you know what his projectability is you he's got a weapon and he can use it right now that puts him ahead of i'm trying to think of like a a number like eight out of ten more than eight out of ten guys that I, i see i mean these are his first professional appearances some of the people that he's striking out are Orioles prospects. Samuel Basayo, good. Creed Williams, good hitter. So these are lefties that have a good plan, a good idea what to do. Uh, there was one, a, a tall righty that he threw to outfielder uh, Stephen Acevedo. And I mean, Acevedo really ducked out of the way of a pitch that didn't even come within a foot of him. Next pitch, strikes him out, curveball. That is pitching maturity. So yeah. I, when, I, when I saw Massey, I, I had to, like, introduce myself to him. I had to say, hey, I'm the one that's putting up your videos. Like, what are you doing to my hitters? And we talked for, for a couple <laughs> back and forth. He really he, – he's like, I remember I saw you a couple weeks ago, Eric. You honked me in traffic. So that, that, that was me. But he seems like a kind of go-with-the-flow guy, not an overly angry athlete, but definitely a motivated one. So, like personality-wise, not that divergent from from Solomito, but really great question. He's showing a high degree of maturity very early in development. Pirates fans, I mean, you know, we, you need pitching all, all the time. You need as much pitching as you can get. So, I was really happy for you guys when I saw him kicking the Orioles' ass.
3: Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> how's that, uh, Alexander Mojica doing? By the way,
1: oh, that's, that's like a. First, all right, well, you know. <laughs> I, I really like him, and I really root for him. It's I haven't decided, like, how seriously I, I, I take his profile, but you guys know he had a bad campaign last year. Like, everything about it was bad all the way yeah. through. So just to see him doing good stuff, like, he, he had a, a weird swing. The ball went right down. Everybody thought it was foul. He was the only one that was running. He's not fast. He got to first. That's a one-for-one. One. Like, he's, mm-hmm. really, he, he's hit the ball well. He's driven it through that shortstop, the third base hole a fair amount of times. And, you know, his manager, jo- Jonathan Johnson, is right there watching. And I'm watching with the arms folded. Mojica made the Bradenton roster. He's only 20. So it's, That's it's insane. Nothing. Right. It really is. His development is just not going anywhere near like upwards or linear or however you want to describe it. But, you know, you can't count guys like that like completely out for, for one bad year. So would it be crazy if he's Bradenton's cleanup hitter or five hitter for most of the year and has, has a decent year? Yeah, it wouldn't be that crazy. I'm, I'm definitely rooting for him. He seems like a very, very
2: nice person. So yeah. Yeah. i have yeah. so- And I think a lot of watching him is, especially when you see a lot of these young kids, uh, like the kids out of high school and a lot of the kids coming over from the foreign countries – it seemed like he showed a lot of like that, um, with a lot with like the breaking pitches and the off speed stuff, but they're not used to seeing that kind of stuff. And it's just even Escado, when he was first down there in Bradenton, like you would see it with all these kids and they were just, they didn't know what to do with an average curveball and they would just completely miss it. I mean, even when we talk like Hudson Head and Michael Ciani, when they were, uh, sorry, Michael's the Reds outfielder. Sammy Cianni. Sammy Cianni. Yeah, Sammy <laughs> like even them, like they were guys with great plate discipline, great eye at the plate. And then you throw them a decent breaking pitcher off speed and they would just completely whiff on it.
1: That's a good point. So his education
2: is underway, but it,
1: you know, for people like us that watch it, it's been underway for, for a long time. I'm not like a, a put up or shut up guy, but I'd like to see, like I've seen some positive things in the spring I'd like to see an increase of, of positive things for him. You know, there's been a lot of Dominican home run leaders that don't amount to, to anything with this type mm. of pitch. And, and breaking pitches and secondary pitches is usually a good indicator of, of why they don't reach that potential. So mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that Mojica figures it out uh, a little bit this year. And my camera will... If I'm there and he hits a home run, I'm probably going to go crazy. So hopefully that
2: happens. <laughs> Which one, then one kid I'm actually one kid I'm actually interested in. Uh, Tim also just wrote about him too, and I didn't realize he's six foot seven. But uh, Cole Tucker's twin brother, at least through the camera lens, Javier Rivas.
1: Uh, I don't know if he's fully six foot seven. He's definitely tall, but. Man, that guy has just been like demanding that I pay attention since the first time I saw him in in the FCL. Kind of the comp the guy that he reminded me of that way was another very tall shortstop that I saw in the FCL. That's that's Cruz. Uh you know, Rivas is getting a little bit stronger. You know, I'm friends with the trainers too. He really kind of like for the offseason. He exceeded their goals in body composition, so he's a little bit stronger right now than they expected him to be because he is kind of like like skinny. But, uh, you know, I had plenty of videos this spring, double plays that he started, throws from the hole. Like where you, Jordani is better at the whole shortstop package, Rivas really excels in the hole, like when he has to reach or flex backwards, it really doesn't affect – how much steam he puts into the throws? So really good upright uh, positioning. You know, I, I I knew last year that he would be the shortstop for Bradenton this year. So other than I guess Tamar Revis is the the one that I'm I'm most excited to watch like over a full campaign. Really, you know, I'm greedy. This is minor league baseball, and this is my life. I want to see him and and Tamar together a, a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's um... gonna be a fun
1: fun
3: double play combination there I can't
0: wait kind of to stem off of uh, Nola's bringing up of Riva and I kind of want to bring De Los Santos into the conversation again Um, from what you've seen in their defensive play I, I know it's early stages of development but do you see them projecting as starting shortstops or do you see them kind of stemming off into maybe outfield roles or you know second base things of that sort
1: I think okay I think both of them could but it's probably would behoove the pirates to see them through their development as shortstops primarily if other things happen if you know they ha- they have crews right now so it's not exactly like 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 the spot is open I right. could see Jordani being a corner cuz I think he's going to be a little thicker in the shoulders and I think he's going to be able to hit the ball over the fence enough to like be a corner batting fifth, batting sixth, batting fourth, wherever it is. Rivas, I could see him transitioning to the outfield. His strides are a little bit smoother, and he gets more out of them. He covers more distance. So tracking fly balls, doing that, looking at the ball while it's in the air, I would say Rivas seems to be able to do that a little bit more. I also think if they switch positions and couldn't play shortstop and had to be an infielder, I see Jordani as a better third and a better or, or more natural third and second, so mm-hmm. not like using the word force, but Revis could probably be a decent outfielder from from my perspective compared to De Los Santos. Honestly, when I talk to minor league pe- minor league people or prospect people, like that, their position battle has been one of the most exciting things for me to talk about since like a year and a half ago. I just I, I just knew it was coming.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know I I kind of wanted to bring that up because. Ben Charrington and, and the whole front office, it, it seems, they love their versatile guys and guys who can play multiple positions. And, you know, you, you see Nick Gonzalez playing third base at AAA and, you know, you oh. see uh, Pagaro playing the outfield. So I was kind of curious on, you know, the early stages of development, if it started there or if they waited till they matured and got to higher levels.
1: Okay, that's fair. And just you just made me think about this when you asked that the best that I've seen Tamar in drills at all before he got injured this year was at shortstop and early camp. He was awesome
0: at shortstop. That's, that's surprising and, and, because I definitely uh, thought Tamar would transition to second base just because of, uh, arm strength questions and things of that sort. So that's interesting to hear. Um, what, what did you see in those drills? You know, sorry to cut anyone off here, but what did you see in those drills that kind of made you go, you know, think that way.
2: Okay.
1: Tamar's, I guess this, the the good part about his defense is how low he is to the ground, how confident he is in his fielding posture. He was just at a different spot in the infield where the ball spins a little bit differently and he has more room on both sides of him. It didn't look, it looked like he was playing second base at shortstop. That was the part where I was like, whoa, I didn't know you could do that. And <laughs> this was before he even had to know- he, he had the no throw on, so he could turn and fire that thing to first base. I was just like, man, this guy is good at this position, too. Like, maybe he's going to ruffle some fat. Maybe he's going to mess up some plans on the way up. And, like, three days later, he was hurt. And, you know, I so I stopped thinking that way. But, you know, just as, as tomorrow builds his resume, like, developing not in games, that was just something that I, I filed away in my mind. Like, man, this guy's probably more of a do-it-all dude than people give him credit for right now.
0: Uh, Yark, I am sorry uh, for that comment. I know you're going to hate it. Uh, it, It's (laughs) a Twitter guy. He's not a huge fan of Tamar just because of his size. We like to play with him a little bit. (laughs) I think
1: I know who that person is, and I think I've read some stuff, and Tamar can't help what size he is.
2: Hating on us little guys. I don't like it. I'm coming Uh, for you, Yark. I'm coming for you, Yark, and you're not going to see me because of how short I am.
0: <laughs> uh, Murph Nola, you know, far away guys. So
3: to kind of build off the the smart thing, I know, I know you got to see him a little bit last year, going last year too, obviously, and then a little bit now. And the you know the big thing on him was the the bat. You know, there's so many like they're raving their reviews and, and you know the comparisons and stuff like that. I don't really like those kind of comparisons that that early, but I mean they were made have like in what you've seen with them like offensively. Can you start to see that kind of specialness from him? And then if so, like, what is it specifically about him at the plate that that you feel like makes him so
1: special? I can tell you that I've watched Jackson Holiday's development for the Orioles all the way through practice, drill, scrimmage, FCL, and I still feel some way like, man, I would not mind if the Orioles drafted Tamar Johnson at number one. He really fits, and it's because of his – I don't like the phrase or the term like bat to ball, but he he hitting is like like a jump shooter in basketball. You can build everything off that jump shot. You know, you can you have a floor game if you have a jump shot. Tamar has a career in front of him because he can hit. He's like if that guy hits lower than 280 at any level, just based on how much he can touch good pitches with the good part of the bat, I'd be shocked. He's great at that. So it's – it's you know, there's other parts of his game that he has to firm up and other parts of his his stature and his body. But that is – stand out the second you see it. Uh, it's not like it's a louder sound or it goes far. But this guy can turn any decent pitch into a line drive, and other good hitters don't necessarily have that skill. You've really got to, like, watch it to, to – to, to understand it. So last year it didn't have a lot of hits, but he didn't have a lot of at-bats. He didn't have a lot of opportunities. I saw, I saw good at-bats. I saw him working counts. This guy is a very mature hitter. And also, like, you know, he seems to be like a special person. Like, he is driven to show everybody, yeah, I am a special hitter. I'm quiet about it. I'm not, like, loud and outgoing, but I'm going to do it. So – I, you know, I, I live in Bradenton. He's supposed to be on the Marauders this year. I go to so many games. I really like when I think about their season. All, all like ninety-five percent of it is I am hyped for tomorrow to show people how good he is. Yeah, that's
0: awesome. for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Mola, you want to take I, I, the floor I, I... here, man? No, What's we'll that? Take... You want to take the floor here?
2: Uh well, I, I guess the one thing I was gonna was thinking of even touching on with Tamara's. I know some people well he did start uh spring training off hurt so that probably had a little something to do with him going to Bradenton but also Greensboro, there's probably some bodies there they want to get to play uh every day um I'm trying to well actually here's a player I'm curious if you saw any of uh Alessandro Ercolani he's one that's always intrigued me Uh,
1: this spring I saw one appearance. I was paying attention to another pitcher, but what I did notice that his two innings against the Orioles were very quick. So even if I wanted to go to the other field to film him, I missed the opportunity because he was done right when he started. I saw him, uh, I want to say last year with the, the FCL also, and he seemed a bit raw, like getting used to things. And uh, so I don't I don't really have a lot of good information on Ercolati. However, I have talked to my friends that work for the Pirates, uh, some of them in the minors, and they, they didn't say they're excited for him, but they said he was probably somebody that by the end of the season I'll like and be able to trust. So some of those guys know... <laughs> what I'm looking for or what type of players that I'm looking for. So, optim- I guess
0: op- optimistic. You got to love those okay. Italian boys. You got to love the Italian boys. <laughs> I mean, this,
2: will, this will already be his third year in the organization. I mean, I didn't realize that. Yeah. He, He's only been in the FCL, so we've never, I think uh, Wil- Wilbur posted a couple, like, five-second clips of him in threads last year. That was about it. Wilbur yeah.
1: Uh, the guy that's like the photographer,
2: yeah. Oh no, that's. Oh, well, well, he Dave, does
3: some of the he does some of the photography. Oh yeah, too. yeah, yeah.
1: That's yeah. For, yeah. For, right, so I think I know yeah, that. I also think Orgelani specifically is not from Italy. I believe he's
2: from San San like Mar- Marino. San Marino, yeah, yeah. Close.
0: <laughs> close. <laughs> he hey man, I, I never got an A on geography, so you can't judge me based on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I judge people based on how good they are at baseball. So,
0: (laughs) well, you probably wouldn't like me there either. I'd strike out quite a bit. I'm (laughs) screwed.
1: I'm sure we're all very bad at baseball.
0: (laughs) I'd strike out in T ball, probably, man, if I'm being
2: honest.
1: (laughs) And by the way, and by the way, Noah, like, if one of those players at Greensboro that has to play every day is Chen, like, hasn't he earned that over, like, what tomorrow's potential? Like, you got right. – Chang. Chang needs to play every day to get better. Oh, yeah. You know, he's he's doing great. Did great in the World Baseball Classic. Did great mm-hmm. in the, the, the league that he that he played in before that. He's done great in the spring, like batting third or fourth every day. Mm-hmm. So, that, that guy needs his at-bats. He needs his regular usage back, like maybe as much as anyone in the entire organization.
2: I yeah, love and he, He's God one ahead. of the main names I was thinking of between him and Escado because, I mean right. – There has been pretty good reports on the Scotto recently, so had a good spring. I was actually a little surprised that he went to Greensboro. I was like, All right, well,
1: they didn't like him. Remember they had to like bring him back down.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like he really had to restart. And I wonder like after that restart, is he only at Bradenton level right now? But I guess it's positive for him that he's a little bit ahead of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of there's uh, a lot
1: of power there, raw
3: power.
0: Jump in. Nola, you can uh, jump on a Scotto here. I kind of wanted to touch on Chang because that's that's my boy. I, I talk about Chang quite often. Rank him higher than I probably should. Oh,
1: good. <laughs> Don't ever, ever stop doing that. He He's he's worth it.
0: Yeah. And I, I kind of wanted to because you're the man on the scene seeing Chang pretty much all the time. Um You know, one of the questions that I think people have with him is, can he produce for power? You know, he has a slight build and the speed is off the charts. You know, in the World Baseball Classic, he hit a triple that probably shouldn't have even been a triple. Um, So, you know, can he build that power potential that would kind of skyrocket him up uh, prospect boards? Or, you know, is he more of a speed guy?
1: Oh, man. I guess that, like, the answer to that is basically, like, the answer to his profile. I've watched him get a little bit bigger. Uh, I've talked to some of the trainers and some of the new trainers who are, I'm not extremely confident that he's going to even reach 17 home runs per 550 at-bats type of player.
3: Right.
1: But I'm just me, and he's an extreme athlete. So I would love to be proven wrong. I, I don't think calling him like just a speed guy is it really fits because he's another very high hit for a bat type of dude. He right. knows where to he knows where to aim hits to to have them land. So if he could put if he could put power on top of that,
0: he would That's like, a special like, prospect. Right. He'd
1: be do. like your best prospect. So I, I, I just don't I just I really I don't see it, but I'd love to be completely wrong and for him to have a 20 home run season and then a 23 home run season and I just have to eat it. But I you know I'd be I'd be cheering for him and supporting him. Right now, it's 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 hard to envision him. I, I see him as like a 30 40 doubles guy, not a 17 plus taters guy. Right. Well, for- well, what I guess, well, I guess I guess kind of the question just made me realize I just and told the truth about him, so I don't he's know how really good, good I feel about what I just said.
2: Well, no, I mean, what, what I was thinking, too, what I, I guess I don't want to say worries me, but I think people need to take into consideration this year. I feel like the way he hits ball, he's that kind of line drive hitter, kind of like when we talked about, like, Lolo Sanchez and Jared Triolo, when they were in Greensboro, Chang's probably got that kind of uh, uh, profile where he's probably going to put more balls out. Than we expect him to just because of Greensboro. Okay. We need to take that into consideration.
0: It's that kind of park? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Greensboro. That's home run Greensboro. Like, you right, can hit so a fly ball when it goes
1: out.
2: Yeah. Realistic. Yeah. Uh, well, at least, at least, why he's in Greensboro. Okay. Well, that's I'm saying. Well, I'm just saying it's, it's going to be one of those things where he probably could hit 15 plus this year. But it's also going to be needed to be taken with a grain of salt that, like, okay, it is in Greensboro. But, I mean, he's got – he hits the ball in a way that, like you say, like a 30-40 double guy, he's going to hit the gaps. He's going to hit solid line drives. I'll tell you one thing that I
1: really have noticed about him over the years as an athlete. First time I saw him the FCL, then I see him as a Bradenton Marauder, then I see him this, you know, camp slash spring season. It's hot. It's real hot. This guy does not – wear down he doesn't breathe heavy he doesn't show fatigue he doesn't sit and slump like his body language this is an endurance athlete he's not going to wear down so if i see this i promise other scouts that care about stuff like that see it too so if he doesn't work out for you guys he's going to get several chances to, to to have a career i yeah. really really like cheng he's never never shown me anything other than Good baseball skill, good leadership, and that consistent endurance.
0: Yeah. And, you know, shout out to it's the Pirates for kind of finding a a, a bit of a, honey a hole in, in the Asian market. Um, they've found quite a few prospects in the Asian market recently, so they, they have to have some.
1: They deserve a lot of credit because there are other organizations, like the Orioles don't really mess with that. But there's a couple of them that are trying to. They don't come close to the talent level that the Pirates have. Nobody has a chance. Yeah. And nobody has a shit. So yeah. credit to you guys and your international scouting department.
0: Absolutely. Um, Nola, do you want to uh, go with um, the question that you had before I interrupted you? My bad, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, at, this, at this point, I don't even
2: remember. I don't even know if I had. A, I don't even know if I had a question. All I was going to say is this whole thing about endurance. It's probably because you know he's another short guy. We're further from the sun, so we don't get as much heat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you another another
1: really cool anecdote. A really but it just says so much about him. Okay, last year was the last. I don't know if you guys remember the very specifics of the end of the season. Bradenton had a chance if they could tie on the last game of the season. There would have to be a one game playoff. Yeah, That game, they never, they never got a chance to play for it, to play and, and, and win it. To create yeah, I remember
2: a time that. I remember because, that.
1: It, because it rained. So I drove to, I believe it was Fort Myers or, or I, I I don't really know, Fort Myers or Lakeland or somewhere far. I drove, there was no game on a Sunday and I waited. So uh, the players started to come out when the game was called and like get their stuff out of the dugout. And a couple of them I know the manager was there, JJ, you know, they said their goodbyes. Chang was the one who was crying. He just couldn't deal with the fact that he wasn't going to get a chance to be the best or to win it. And it wasn't like ugly crying or sobbing. It was just like, I can't talk. I can't be here. I am, you know, like my, my emotions are taking over. So, you know, it just really showed me like this guy wants to win so bad. He just – it's, it, it's it's what it's – what, the stuff that's driving him is the right kind of stuff. And it made me like him even more. Yeah, A kid, kid begged him for his bats. His bats are like like artwork. They're like silver or gray. And he was – he. I think he actually wanted to give it to the kid, but he just couldn't stop crying.
0: No. That, yeah. See, that's, cool. see, those are good stories, man. We, we need to hear more shit like that, you know, because you never Brian. hear it.
1: Right. You right. never hear it. It, it like it really solidified, like, this is a guy that I like for, for all the right reasons.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, Nola, I think I remember your question, so I'll just say it so we can, <laughs> so we can uh, hear it. And Murph, you brought up the fact that, and Nola too, that Escado, his swing early he... on looked really ugly. It looked really ugly. And it, it seemed like in, in the short time that we saw him with the Pirates in big league camp, <clears throat> excuse me that he made some adjustments with that and started making more contact with the ball. So Eric, you know, what did you see in the adjustment period for a Um, because he was kind of an unknown name in a part of a trade and we never really heard about him a whole lot. So, you know, what has he changed with his swing and do you think it translates to success on the field and not just in, you know, back backfield games and things of that sort?
1: Well, that part remains to be seen. Uh, yeah, I don't know if i, I don't know if I bet on him. It's a different level of pitching than he's used to, although he saw some in the spring. I guess when he was bad, before he had his reset, you could just tell that his upper body and his lower body were not working in concert when it came to the swing. A lot of times he'd do the lower body part first, and then he'd have a bad swing, a not close swing on top of it. I would say, like, disjointed so now it looks like things are more harmonious from from the core up in both directions his swing looks cleaner his contact is a little better he had a couple oppo hits uh this spring also which were really pleasantly surprised surprises and I was like filming on the wrong angle I had to adjust quickly and I was just like was that a scoto sending that over first base and 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 it was so you know it's development. He's making the strides uh, necessary to to, to to move him up. Sometimes that's all you get, and sometimes that's that's something to build on. As much as I've really watched him, I don't I don't I don't know enough to answer your question. But uh, there's other guys I would bet on long term a, a, a little bit more than him. Again, I'd be very happy to be wrong and see sure. him ad- advance into your system's top fifteen or something like that. That would be a, a best case scenario for him. Not fully confident that that'll happen, but he's definitely not not a zero.
2: Good play. Yeah. He's a good play. Yeah, I was I was told he was supposed to be on the twenty twenty three Pittsburgh Pirates bench this year, but <laughs> I, I, I would doubt.
1: I would doubt along with der- Mojica.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Well, you know, taking all my per- and all my personal favorites, that's cool, but. Him being on the Pirates would the, a lot of things would have to go wrong for the Pirates. For, for, <laughs> for a lot, <laughs> I don't see
0: it. No, we only kid. We only kid, Murph. I have a couple more questions, and I'll save those for the end, man. So you want to start firing off some of your uh, questions? Really, here?
3: the last player that I want to go through because I know um <laughs> Eric mentioned it on his podcast the the other day. I mentioned him on the the podcast the other day, and we've talked about him a little bit and I know it's a guy that pirates fans are really excited about coming stateside and like this kind of like, it's a good leadoff too. Cause where you mentioned Bohica is like a guy who kind of crushed Dominican hitting, but then struggled whenever he came over here. Um, the big guy down in the Dominican league last year was Uh, You know, put up really amazing numbers down there. But like, like you mentioned too, with like Mojica's, you know, struggled once he came stateside. What have you seen from him that, that, uh, that because I know we've talked about him, you're really excited about him. What is it about him that maybe makes him maybe different that he may not endure those kind of struggles and, and, and stuff like that? Now that he's looks like he's going to come stateside,
1: that's an awesome que- that's an awesome question. Uh, meeting him this spring has been a lot of fun. He's certainly a unique person, and a unique athlete. Uh, I guess I guess what what separates him to me is it looks like the organization has some faith in him. So they're giving him a a, a real workload. It's kind of a lot. Some of his days are very long and start very early where he's wearing equipment and it's 90 degrees at 10 a.m. The guy that can handle that, you know, this is his first time here. I I see some fatigue, but attitude up. You know, his job when he's wearing the shin guards, help the pitchers, catch bullpens, improve pitchers. Then when he goes into the cage, totally different guy. So a little a little bit of maturity, understanding what's required of him early. Some guys get lost at this stage. He seems a little bit ahead in the maturity department. He is all power hitter. This guy has an uppercut swing. It's not it's not subtle, it's not huge, but it's just you you don't see it in the swing as much as you see it in the path of the ball. And how violently it exits the, the batter's box. For someone that's 18, I've already seen a little bit of physical change. Like from the first time that I saw him till now. He's doing uh, a lot in the weight room. He's not chubby, he's muscular. He just does it he he's gonna have to finish the physical stage. So some of his muscles like show through his uniform and show through his pants. But I expect him to be the cleanup hitter and the starting catcher for uh, for the Pirates Rookie League. And uh, just, just staying on catcher for a second. Like, I noticed Luis Hernandez last year had an outstanding arm, like an advanced arm. And I noticed, like, as an organization, the Pirates kind of slow it down with their catchers in the low minors. I'm very surprised that Hernandez is at Greensboro and not Bradenton. Extremely surprised. So somebody in the Pirates also has to have a lot of faith in his his arm talent also. So I hate to go off on a tangent when you ask me about Vlad, but... I, no, I, I, no, go ahead.
0: I, we welcome I, your tangents.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, really, I really, really like both of them. I, I, I really actually like all the low, lower minors catches. I like uh, Omar Alfonso especially. Also a little surprised that he <laughs> didn't end up with the Marauders. But uh, I guess Pirates fans should... And prospects fans should know a little bit about all these guys because they have very specific skill sets that they bring to the table. I really do think the one who has everything going for them, despite being only 18 years old, that's Plas. Can't wait to see that dude be a cleanup hitter.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he's a big boy. He's a big boy, <laughs> for sure.
1: I'll tell you a very cool story about him also. Very, very brief. Uh, down here, I go to a lot of games. Not a lot of fans that go uh, with me. Sometimes I'm with a photographer that shoots for Bowman and shoots for for tops. So he has like a list of guys that he has to get. Most of them he knows who they are. Some of them he doesn't, and he needs me. So one day we're at Pirate City, just us two, and he shows me his list. And I'm like, Plaz is right there. He's in the dugout. We can call him over. Like, we can do it, right? The guy called him over. He had a, uh, a uniform in his bag for this purpose. We put a uniform on, Pla- on Plaz and took his Topps Heritage picture. So, in that pick, when that card comes out, which should be very soon, I help make it happen. I help make his baseball card. That's awesome. That's that, awesome. Is, that is so cool. Very <laughs> cool. That's <laughs> that is is so- awesome. He's like, "Oh, I get my I get a card," and we showed him like the prototype and what it would look like. He was so he was so nice. And the pirates also like this is like during his thrills, they were like, Yeah, I'll give him five minutes to do that. So they're r- great <laughs> about it. Awesome.
2: Just man, for thought. that, I might have to go buy a couple packs. I I haven't bought cards and I couldn't tell you since when I might go buy oh, yeah. a couple packs just because. Yeah, well, now, absolutely getting that card. Right. Now that
1: Plaza's in it, you want it. This is this is yeah. an Eric Carpio original. Yeah, <laughs> there you go.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one of the final questions I have for you here, Eric. Um we recently heard that Bubba Chandler is going to transition from a Shohei Otani type pitching and hitting to strictly pitching. And, you know, we've talked about this boys uh, a couple of times that that's probably best for his development. Um, What have you seen from Bubba as a pitcher in terms of, you know, his off-speed stuff? We know his fastball is one of the most elite in the system. But what have you seen in his development in his off-speed pitches? Because those are going to make or break him as far as starter or bullpen arm. To be completely honest,
1: I would probably rank him as your number one prospect, despite the fact that I have not seen an immense amount of development with his secondaries. I'm just not basing it off his fastball. I'm not also basing it off the Pirates player development skill. I'm basing it on I think he's a very special pitcher. And I think it is all going to click. I, I've seen – the last start I saw from him last week was kind of not that good against the Orioles at, at, at their facility. He's learning what it takes to be an every-fifth-day guy and a six-inning guy every-fifth-day. So I'm I'm totally okay with his development. There's been starts where he's got a change-up working and he can get six strikeouts off the changeup. That was last year for the Marauders. So he's the only guy I saw who get that gun up to ninety nine in Lee Park, which I was totally shocked. I guess they round up when it's like ninety eight point four or ninety eight point six. Um, so I, I, I really think him and Solomito like battling it out for the best pitching prospect is kind of like, I want to say, poor man's. Grayson Rodriguez versus DL Hall, but maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's just as good. So once Priester graduates and you have those two those two guys fighting, it's it, it's gonna be a great competition. But uh when Bubba pitched last week and I asked him, I was like, you know, you know, what's going on? You're you're facing some of the Orioles not cop prospects, like wasn't the best start. And he's just like, I'm throwing 80%, I'm throwing eighty-five percent. Not not going full exertion like, I know where I am in spring training. This is my last start. So I just want to make it to the end and not be hurt. And for what people think Bubba is, like, that kind of show, a word I keep coming back to, that kind of showed me, like, this dude's kind of kind of mature. Like, he knows what is expected of him, and he's getting into the mindset where he, he's going to be able to deliver. Stuff-wise, yeah. Yeah, he's he's totally he 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 really he really is awesome. He needs he needs consistency.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know when I spoke to uh, Full Count Georgia, uh, the facility that he works out at during the off season, um, he just well not him but his trainers discussed that with me in terms of his changeup is in very early stages of development, um, and he knows not to go balls to the wall early in the season because when you do that, you're gonna be gassed mid season. So when Pirates fans see him hitting like 92, 93 miles per hour on a fastball, they shouldn't be concerned. I was initially concerned when I saw it, but then I realized, okay, he's not going 100%, which is smart. It's smart on him. You know, so, yeah.
1: The scouts that saw him were griping when he was only hitting 93 on the gun, but when they were really bitching, was when his warm-up pitches, like he threw him away from the catcher, then he was bouncing that. They were like, oh, he's not ready, or oh, I bet he's hurt. You know, if if, if he's hurt, the Pirates aren't morons. They're not going to utilize him in spring. <laughs> right, you know? So, so I, it's not like I'm, I'm like anti-Scout or anti-them. Some of these people I respect a great deal, but like, if he's hurt, why are they letting him go five innings when it's 90 degrees? You know, they're getting him ready for the season – because he's not hurt, he's ready to roll. So, I like Bubba. I, I I trust him. And again, back back to the, you know, crediting the Pirates' minor leagues. You know, I watched him last year when he was a DH. That that it really doesn't it doesn't fit. He's not a he's not a bad hitter, and he's not a zero. But getting this guy's getting him at bats isn't helping him become a better baseball player. He's just not maximizing like like Michael Lorenzen in the majors. He can hit sometimes, and when he does, sure he'll run into one every now and then. But he's ninety four percent pitcher, six percent hitter.
0: You know what are you going to do with that? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I guess the the final question I had for you, and you kind of touched on it already with Salamito, but um, just overall feel for him on the season. um what have you seen in his stuff you know has there been new developments in his pitches i know the main thing we were focused on was can he get that fastball velo up uh in the mid to upper 90s and that would automatically make him a top 100 prospect uh and i think in all of our opinions so you know what have you seen in terms of velo and you know are there any other developments with the secondary
1: I have, Unfortunately, I have not seen him this spring. That same scout I was just about, he and I were very excited to see him at Pirate City last week, and they switched things up and brought him with Double A. So he was at Twin Lakes when we were at a different location. But I have heard from people talking that he's hitting 95 and change. Some people consider that 96. So, you know, th- there we go. So yeah. this is maybe – like the first gear of his rise to real like national prospect prominence. I remember last year, I mean, the best pitcher I've seen at Bradenton overall is probably Luis Ortiz. And it was just because he could utilize anything at any point and have it be effective. That once he got to that level, he just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. Solomito's best starts he was doing that. He was being the true MC as a pitcher. I'm dictating the pace. I'm dictating the spin of this pitch. I'm dictating whether it's a slider or a curveball at the very last second, and you can't do shit about it. That is the Solomito I know. So there was. I I knew last year, no matter how many innings or whatever it was, I knew that his development, even if he only threw 92, that he was going to be at Greensboro to start this season. Just because of stuff of, of stuff like that, he he really. Some people consider that like ace stuff or like a number one development track. I don't I don't know enough about that, but I saw him really dictate at bats and dictate what was happening in the game like a true pitcher. So yeah,
0: bulldog I'd mentality.
1: Be, right, right. Very good way to phrase it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh Murph, Nola, do you have any uh other pressing questions before we transition this into double A AA and triple A talk?
3: I think I think if we want we wanted to kick this up higher, that's good.
0: Okay. All right, yeah. Um, you know, we got the entire rosters uh recently, thank God, um, from the pirates. I was waiting on pins and needles trying to figure out if my predictions were right in my head. And some of them are right, some of them are wrong, you know, give or take, it, it happens every year. Uh, guys start lower than um anticipated, but what is your guy's overall feel for mm-hmm. the double a AA and triple a roster? Nola, I know you're pissed off about Travis Swaggerty. This is not a time for a tangent. My friend, we had that last <laughs> no week. happy, happy thoughts. I'm happy thoughts now with Altoona <laughs> yeah uh let's let's get the discussion rolling on Altoona, Henry Davis starting in Altoona, which we kind of expected because we expected Endy to be in triple A just to get everyday reps and things like that. And tank will get everyday reps at catcher to develop because he needs it. Um, Cause we barely see him, but what is your guys' overall feel on the double a roster? And, you know, are there going to be any shakers and movers that maybe I pop uh, the eye test and maybe make that jump from double a AA to triple a, because apparently to Ben Charrington, it, there's no difference between double a AA and triple a, but that that's not uh time to discuss that. <laughs>
2: Well, obviously, you know who I'm excited for on Altoona.
0: Sean Sullivan, baby.
2: Sean Sullivan. And especially now that John wrote that uh, when he wrote the preview article saying that he's been getting reports on Sean Sullivan. I'm like, here we go. It's about to be Sean Sullivan season. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> but o- overall, the one thing I... With with Altoona, I mean, that also kind of feels like... Uh, it feels like depending on how this goes, like we probably can't get too excited if they're just mashing everybody because it's a lot of repeats. It's a lot of guys that have been in double a guys that took care of double a and whether they got pushed down because there's just too many bodies in the upper levels. Um, I don't know if there's going to be really a lot of movement with regards to if guys are going to move up quickly, if they're crushing just because again, triple a is, full right now too yeah. so there's gonna need yeah. to be a lot of movement for guys to go anywhere so it's a it's another aspect where it's gonna be like a take with a grain of salt type of stuff and just see same things like how are guys impacting the ball how are how are pitches moving and those kind of things
0: yeah um before i make a comment murph you're you're the guy on the spot with this is there going to be a stat cast in double a or are we are we just happy to have Triple A? I don't
3: I, I I think I think for right now we should just be happy that we got AAA, yeah. and then we got Bradenton too.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I wasn't uh, too sure. I, I completely didn't know that AAA was going to get it.
3: Well, I mean they I thought- got they're getting the they're getting the automated strike zone like they have in the Florida State League. So that's what kind of led me to believe that like okay, well if if the Florida State League has the pitch tra- or the automatic strike zone and they get the pitch tracking, then kind of like. I, I just kind of assumed that that would be the case. And I guess finally I turned out looking smart with it. We have so. the technology. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but um, Nola, you brought this up when I was trying to figure out lists of guys to interview. And I guess Gorski is one of the names that is interesting. You know, can he continue his hot streak that he had the previous year after injury? Or was mm-hmm. it just a flash in the pan that we saw with Matt Frazier? Um, and maybe Frazier turns it on. I, I don't know, but uh, I think Gorski is one of the interesting names to discuss because he can play the field pretty damn well in center field. Now I didn't, mm. I, I didn't see that coming from him, at least early development wise. So, um, I, I, but his number one thing is going to be his bat, I'd say, because Swaggerty already has locked down the best center fielder in the system. In terms of defense so i guess gorski would be the most interesting position player to pay attention to um other than paguero and tank uh davis mm-hmm. um but gorski is going to be fun to watch uh, especially early on to see if any in lingering injuries uh happen or you know if he starts off slow it's, it's going to be interesting to see so um, Murph, who, who are you looking at in double A in terms of,
3: uh, so, I mean, obviously like me and Nola kind of lead the, uh, the Sean Sullivan charge when it comes to that kind of stuff. But, um, I, I, like, for, me, <laughs> for me, for me, I like to keep it safe. And it's good that like, we have Eric here with it. Um, one guy, like, this is probably the easy answer, but for me, like, you know, I've been one of the, the guys that like has kind of like the concern as far as like Henry Davis behind the plate and stuff like that. So I think that's just overall probably what I'll I'll be interested in to watch the most to see how he if he's able to take that next step behind the plate, and then I guess that, that kind of leads to like me like uh, I don't know how much maybe you saw Eric of uh, Davis behind the plate during the spring and to see like if you had kind of any kind of impressions on him like as a catcher overall.
1: Oh, absolutely, uh, I, I've seen a, a lot, and I've seen him. You know, he came over a couple times just to warm up pitchers and, you know, be in the pen and not play in the game. And this is something I've talked to with with Pirate staffers extensively. I don't think he's ever going to be a total A-level defensive catcher. Mm -hmm. Not the best arm, not the best pop. There are some things where he really is good at. What I think he's good at is moving while squatting. He can move to the side. He can block. He's gonna get to balls by stretching and having that flexibility while he's squatting. That some other guys who can move better really can't. Andy is a good example. Andy's good at other things. That side to side movement, it's not great. So I give Henry, I give him a solid B as a catcher, but I don't even, you know, Henry Henry is a hitter and he's a really, really good hitter. So I give him a, above an A as a hitter. I almost don't care what he does defensively, and that's really, really a, a rare thing for me to say. But they have Andy ahead of him, and I think he, he he presents better. I guess that's that's way too long of a way to say it. When it comes to blocking, Henry is just really great at blocking, and it's hard to throw something that bounces or 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 squeezes past him. I see a lot of flexibility when 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 squatting. So. I guess that might not be the answer for like the team that drafted him as one, one once, but if he's like your power hitting first baseman and he hits 35 home runs, and drives in a hundred RBIs a year, do you care how good of a catcher he was in his the middle phases of, the, of his development? So yeah. <laughs> that's, I think that's one side of it. The other side of it is, yo, this guy's probably not get blessed with the skills to be a decent outfielder. So I, I, I really – you know, I saw w- what Tim posted last Friday. It wasn't like a shot in the dark, but I was like, are they trying to post this like Friday night when nobody's paying attention because it's <laughs> right field and it's just that that awkward? So, to me, that I seems he, like a very he bad – He played in
3: a game – he played like in a game or two in Altoona last year there. And mm-hmm. I think like, it was – it was not it was not pleasant watching him out there in, in in right field like i mean it was it was probably like the first time he's played there definitely the first time professionally he's played there so like i mean yeah i'm sure there'll be some growing pains but like yeah that that first
1: game that i saw him out there that was not
3: it was not pretty
1: and i've met him a couple times several times i like henry as a guy a ton he is he's got a great sense of humor he's a very hard worker he is your leader why put this guy like you're hurting this guy's athletic ego by having him look stiff in an, in a corner outfield spot. There's no reason to do it. There's just, there's just no reason to do it. You know, if I was Henry, the quote that he had yesterday where he talked about like,
0: love that quote.
1: Right. Right. I don't, I don't think there was like any hidden messaging in it, but if I was him, I might be a little bit more petty and just add in at the end. And I'm not playing outfield if they don't want me to. because, because <laughs> I, know, I know that I can make me a DH, make me a first, you know, make, maybe even make me a second. I can bend down and get grounders, but I can't chase balls that are spinning away and 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 hitting fast near me. I'm just I don't have that skill set. So yeah, which and he's
2: he's been a catcher. I mean all. Through high school, college, so it's hard yeah. hard to be good at catching. Like I said, I
1: gave him before a, a, a B. That still means he, he's probably like one of the 15 best catching human beings on the planet right now. But it's hard to be elite. It's hard to be truly great at it. It mm-hmm. is.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a skill that mm-hmm. not many possess, and the ones that do, God bless you. That's all i got to say about that because that takes a toll on your knees, a toll on your body. You don't see a whole lot of 15- to 20-year veteran catchers. It, it's just not a thing anymore. So maybe first base would be his best because we can all pretty much agree that his bat is going to make or break him in the major leagues.
2: Yeah, he's got a great bat.
0: A great bat, to... and I love the no gloves. Old school, baby.
2: <laughs> love just that. Stop getting, just stop getting hit by baseballs.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very weird, and I hope he does for his for his health and like for the longevity of your your one one. Like you got to see what he is. He yeah. keeps yeah. Getting, getting hit, and missing thirty games at a time. It's going to be hard to do that. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. If I remember, I was a kid during the time, but didn't Jason Kendall get hit a shit ton?
1: Oh, at a oh, similar, the- very similar rate. Yeah, and oh, by, by by the way, when you guys bring up uh, Al Tuna. One guy that I've paid attention to a little bit over the years and I like, it's kind of like never been bad, Jacob Gonzalez. Like, I know I know, Pirates fans are not crazy about him as a prospect. Like, he might be at his ceiling or he just might be a good hitter that's never going to have, like, an awful campaign. So I want to yeah. look at their offense and be like, well, the lineup is all about Henry and nobody else. But there is Jacob and there is Piguero, so it's not just Henry mm-hmm. or nothing.
0: Yeah, Piguero is an interesting name, and I kind of wanted to bring him up. Uh, he slumped quite a bit last year, and uh, Murph, I know we talked this on the side, Nola too, that maybe that was just a one-off, maybe that was a fluke, just a bad season. I mean, there was a lot of underlying factors with Piguero, um last year, and <clears throat> he turned it on towards the end of the season. It wasn't amazing numbers he put up towards the end of the season, but he still put up a decent mm-hmm. end of the season. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see how they play him, where they play him, because we've talked about outfield potential for Peguero. Uh, yeah, I-, I think it would be kind of like a G1 Bay situation. I don't think he's ever going to win a gold glove in the outfield, but I think his athleticism allows him to make the basic plays that you need an outfielder to make. And, you know, we discuss this a lot, boys, the fact that the Pirates have a lot of players who are very dependent on their bat to be successful. And I think Piguero is, along with Nick Gonzalez, is the number one factor with them. They need the bat to succeed. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he progresses and if that slow start continues with Peguero or if he has a torrid start like he did last year. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but let's transition to Triple AAA. Uh, they have yet to win a game. Uh, the bullpen and the pitching has been uh, rather sketchy. Rather not sketchy. Uh, Nick Gonzalez continues to have a little bit of holes in his swing in terms of breaking pitches and the slower stuff.
2: That's um, not but- good
0: with the fastballs. Um, so what have we seen in AAA boys that is positive? Um, because there have been a few positives uh, throughout the very short AAA season so far, but the the overlaying negatives have just destroyed the season so far early on. Um, Johan Ramirez, I thought would be a guy that would kind of pop up. He hasn't looked very well. I thought his sinker would play. Um, Cody (laughs) Bolton got hit around, which I don't like to see. Um, Quinn Priester got a little beat up today, from what I understand. I I didn't have a chance to watch the game. Uh,
3: It was like nine hits over three and two-thirds.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, Did strike out Votto, from what I saw, which was nice. Yeah. Which was like a little pitch, feather.
3: Like, like he spun the curveball and, and like they threw a couple sliders and stuff like that. Some of the stuff he got a swing and a miss on a changeup, it looked like. So there's, I mean, there's, there's some there. There's some there to work with. But like, I mean, first game, you know, whatever kind of thing.
0: Yeah. It's it, hard but. to d- dictate how the season will go for a starting pitcher in their first game. I mean, yeah. it's just very hard to tell. Um, burrows what did we see from burrows because i unfortunately did not get a chance to re watch the replay of the game murph i know you were on the scene with that so
3: so burrows he didn't have his, his his best stuff kind of the stuff that you expect to see the fastball velocity was down but like i guess like uh eric brought up a really good point about maybe not wanting to go through all your stuff this early in the season and maybe build it up so you have stuff later in the year so i mean and, like, he still averaged 90. I think it was about 94. It was, like, a low 94 with his fastball. Um, so, I mean, that's still that's still pretty that's good. That still plays. Yeah, that's still good. Um, the curveball. The curveball and slider wasn't as sharp as as this curveball definitely went as sharp as you kind of expected with it. Um, but, like, the thing that I liked, it, like, like, it was one of those old school grindy games. Like, he still didn't have his best stuff, but, like. He he threw really just like that one pitch that cost him that, that home run, so like he put himself and the team in position to win even without his his best stuff. And sometimes like, I mean like we get caught up with the prospects with like the stats and the and, and the stuff like that. Sometimes in the majors you just win a very ugly game and and like he put them in position to win a very ugly game. So like it won't do anything for the stat wise because he only had the one strikeout. But I'll I'll I'll, I'll take it.
2: I'll take that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, hey,
2: the the Pirates won tonight with to going five and two thirds and only two Ks. Yeah, got, so got the dub.
3: Sometimes yeah. you just you got to grind through it. You're not going to get the swings and misses like you like you're going to, and then like the next time around, like maybe he'll strike out like seven or eight or something like that. Yeah. So,
0: and you have <laughs> ugly games like Mitch Keller striking out eight, getting fifteen swings and misses on opening day, and only going what four and two thirds. Yeah, having a rough yeah. outing. But his cutter looked. Sorry, I got to talk about Mitch every podcast, Eric. uh, In case you didn't know, Um, that's (laughs) (laughs) his cutter looked really good though, didn't it? Only two balls in play, average exit velocity, I think, is sixty nine point seven. So encouraging stuff. Um, Nice. Yeah. Uh, Looking at
1: the AAA roster, it actually gives me an opportunity to talk about the player that I wanted to talk about the most so far. When I first went to Pirate City for early camp, I want to say this is like February 10th, approximately, there was a big guy who the coaches, I think this is Coach Canones, they call him Coach Q, was trying purposefully to hit it at their feet and past him at third base, at first base. They couldn't. He had the smoothest up-and-down Glove that I have seen in a very long time. That is Malcolm Nunez. And I believe that's when I started to formulate like, wait a second, wait a second. The Pirates first basemen are old and like expiring contract types. Like Nunez is a force at first base in AAA. Like, I see these paths coming together. Like, I would not be shocked if he is a 400-at-bat-plus player for the Pirates. Nunez is a damn good player, but that's, that's that's only part of it. You traded the guy who's who only exists to be traded for Nunez. The Pirates' front office did the exact right thing with Quintana. They turned him into a high-minors, projectable player. Out of all the things that I give the Pirates credit for, or really wreck them for also, that is an A plus move getting Nunez for Cantana. And yeah. then when he when he did batting practice, he was the loudest of the the corner <clears throat> slash catchers group. Nunez is a damn good baseball player. Very good baseball.
0: Mm-hmm. And I have to say his thighs are about as big as my body combined. Okay, <laughs> up,
1: up close, like like chest to chest. I, I had to get his autograph. So when I went like up, He's really not as as large as you would think in person. But when you look at him, you're 30 feet or 40 feet away. He's a big frame person, but yeah, he's just he's not that intimidating in person. English is good, and he's really kind kind of friendly. But when he's on the field, this is a serious ex. You know, this guy executes baseball plays left and right. Very, very exciting
2: prospect. Like he should be talked about a lot more, and he's close. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually saw him uh when I was down there too and got his autograph after I called uh on, him and Andres Alvarez over. And the other thing too, I mean, he he looked every bit at twenty two. He looks like a baby. Right. N- so- Nunez's his face. He looks like a baby.
0: Yeah. And he had a he's had a quietly good start to the season. He's he's um, hit some balls really hard. Yeah. Like,
3: like some of the exit I've been recording like all the, the indies exit velocities and stuff like that. He's mm. put multiple into play at over 100
1: miles an hour already. Yeah. That, so That's a skill.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: This guy's a good player. Like, Pirates fans, like, people should be talking about this dude a little bit more because he's very good and he's also extremely close. Like, mm. Carlos Santana going to miss time this year? Safe bet. Is Choi going to not be an A-plus player? Also, safe bet. Like, you, you got corner spots open. And Nunez is right, right there, right at that line. I wish the Orioles had, like, somebody behind Mountcastle, like, putting pressure on him. You know, I I, I just love where Nunez is in his development right now. I feel like I was blown away with how good he was and then how the Pirates got him. And I was like, man, what a great move.
0: Well, guys, um, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. It's been a very, very interesting episode. Eric, you've provided um some very, very good insight on these kids. Um, and you know, people don't pay attention to the younger minor leagues because typical pirates fans are like, Oh, he'll become a Yankee eventually. And you know, it's, it's very tiring to hear. But um, you who's, know,
2: it's, it's who's it's, Luis Ortiz?
0: Right. Who's Luis Ortiz? Who's that guy? Um I don't know. But, you know, it's it's been a pleasure to have you, man. And um, as always, when we end the episode, we give out our socials um, and I'll start off with mine. You can give me a follow on Twitter at 2HG013. You can follow all my work on PittsburghBaseballNow.com. Um, recently wrote an article on Ben Charrington's comments. Um, didn't paint a great light with the way he spoke on his radio show, but, you know. And that's for another day and another podcast. Um, Murph, why don't you give out your socials man and uh, anything you got working on?
3: Um, as always, give me a follow on Twitter at double underscore Murphy 88. Um, the link to the YouTube bio is it to my YouTube channels in my bio. Um, had, took some video, I have some videos that I have to edit from the op- opening weekend for Indy. I'll work on that over the next couple of days and, and try to get them out. Um, P two, we're working on some stuff right now. Um, usual daily video stuff, and we got something pretty pretty big that should be out next
0: week. Awesome, awesome. Nola, give out your social, Louisiana Ted. Oh, <laughs> at, at
2: Nola Jeffy N O L A J E F F Y. Uh, the well, I guess technically the second, but the first full uh, preview of the minor league games came out today. Pretty pretty good uh, set of prospects we're facing this week. Only only one top one hundred kid in Ricky Tiedemann, which I'm looking forward to that against Altoona. But uh I'll be there good kids. Yeah, there you go. That's gonna be I'm fire.
0: Gonna be here in person. Um yeah, and then yeah. Eric, the man of the hour, the man who made this podcast excellent tonight. Um, give out your socials and any projects you got working on, man.
1: Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I love your show. I'll support it, and tell everybody, how much I like it and why I like it. Every opportunity I I, I can, so uh, it really means a lot to me. I apologize for talking over everybody when I get excited. That's what oh, I goodness. do. <laughs> On uh, Twitter, I'm um, Eric uh, underscore Birdland, I think. And uh, my podcast is FL prospect pod i think it's called florida prospect report and the things that i'll be doing over the next couple of weeks are going to extended spring training for the orioles rays and pirates and providing video and you yeah, the marauders opening day is friday night so i'll be at every marauders game i'll be there friday saturday and sunday hopefully in the front row filming uh whatever i see hopefully a braylon bishop stolen base and stuff like that so as much content as I can fit on my phone before it breaks, I'll be getting it and posting it for everybody else.
2: <laughs> there we go, that's awesome, there we go. man!
0: And, and before we end it, Braylon Bishop is a very confident young man, especially in himself, from the conversations mm-hmm. I've had with him. So exactly. I'm looking forward to see a breakout season for him because that kid got wheels.
1: He's an awesome guy. He's so nice to everybody. He's like courteous. He has manners. He meets people's parents, and his Spanish is so perfect. It's like the best non-native Spanish that I've heard in the minors so far. So, right, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a oh. shout-out to you. But, you know, everybody that meets him kind of likes him. So I'm glad oh, you great. Just-
2: now, now Ambo's going to leave me because I don't speak Spanish <laughs> yet. <laughs> Never too late to learn. <laughs> Which I, I want to throw this out there real quick just because it, it involves the Brains and Marauders. And I read this uh, a comment someone made on P2 that I thought was absolutely hilarious. Someone said that there's almost as much breakout potential on this team as a cartel king in a Mexican prison that already has the warden on its payroll. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right.
1: I, w- I, w- I wonder if that very specific comparison involves thoughts of Tamar. If they're thinking about like other guys like Shailen Polanco or maybe Esmeralda Valdez or Braylon Bishop. So, right. That's, that's an apt but very strange comparison, right?
0: well boys and girls that's gonna do it for this episode we love you very very much and as always the support that you've given us uh during this off season has been incredible we've reached new heights with the podcast and we only wish that you guys continue to support and help us grow because we want to take this global boys and girls we just want to do it we want to do it so Guys, can we get this right or are we just gonna fuck it up again? And three, two, one. Let's go back. Plus, you bastards are always late.